Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back. And it is now August. Um, I don't know how you feel at the beginning of a new month. Um, I know a lot of people can get really focused on what they want to achieve and like reset in that way. But this month, I don't know whether it's my birthday month, which is always fun, or whether it's because it's the summer and I've got a bit of holiday to to take from work, not really going anywhere. But I really am feeling in a chilled sort of mood that I want to reset, recuperate a little bit, relax, because um, I'm often go, go, go (laughs) with lots of stuff going on. And there's a bit of a lull in some things some of the kind of work I do I guess there's a bit of a lull this month and then in September I'm starting counseling training which is going to be really exciting so it just feels like a nice time to just recharge a little bit um, and take some time for me um, which is something that a lot of us can find really difficult to do uh, to allow us that time and space so whichever kind of those two ones you are whether you're someone who is well actually maybe there's three ways so maybe you're not fussed like whatever (laughs) it's just time maybe you're really focused on what you want to achieve and maybe you are using this month as a bit of a recharge but um whichever of those you are I hope that you have a great month and really excited to share some fab conversations with you across the course of the month Uh, before we dive into today thank you to Cynthia who joined us on Monday and I hope you enjoyed the solo episode on Wednesday where I had my marriage wedding reflections and uh, it's been just over a week now being married I still feel exactly the same as I did before which I think is very positive um, about you know the relationship and and the experience so um, yeah massive thank you to Cynthia and today we are joined by Sabrina and we're talking about all kinds of great stuff a lot of this idea of that work-life time balance resetting looking after ourselves thinking about what we're saying yes to what we're saying no to so um, yeah, some some really great stuff to um, to dive into. So let's just go ahead and do it, shall we? And I will be back super quickly at the end. Hi everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome today's guest, Sabrina, to the podcast. So Sabrina, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be fab. Thank you. Thank you so uh, much for having me here. And thanks for uh, listening in everyone who's sitting, no matter you're walking around in your car, you can be doing anything and you choose us. So we appreciate you. Let me just take you back a few years. And for those who never heard about me, I was a only child only girl in a whole family of all boys. And since you can't see me in the Asian culture, girls are supposed to be like, yeah, you're smart, get a good grade, get married, have us uh, enough for your finance, you should be good, don't rock the boat. And then is me, the rebellious nature of, hey, you know what, I can be really good, obedient, Asian, but live up to my freedom of spirit as well. So I gone through two bachelors, two masters, got myself into medicine. And then I thought, 
whoo, I made it. One of the best heart and lung surgery center in the country, in the US and really in the world where people fly all over the place to see us. I even need to have a personal translator for some of our uh, high clients, our patients. And um, that's when I felt, wow, I am saving lives. And this is something awesome. However, I started doing what? Multiple surgery cases a day, working more than 80 hours a week. On top of that, I will come in for the weekend to see my patients and every night to be called for some ancillary or emergency. And to me, that one morning, hardly eight o'clock in the morning, and I was exhausted because I was on call again. So for most people, if you're on call or if you happen to work a night shift, you pulled an all-nighter, guess what? Most of us were asleep, but I still had to go into the hospital. I just felt a sense of just achiness and weak, and I ended up having a fever of 101 degrees. And at the same time, I was scrubbed in for another surgery case. Now, I'm not my typical self of listening to music, chatting with my whole team. And they even noticed that. So they took pity on me and keep passing Dayquil and cough drop under my mask just to keep me going. So we all know this, right? Yeah, we think it, we got this. It's a little cough and cold, no biggie. And then next morning I woke up, fever isn't resolved. And I couldn't even just get out of bed to go to the restroom. Now I have to convince myself, well, Sabrina, can't do it. Guess you have to make that call. And we all felt, if you're the first one to leave, oh, you call sick, you're the weakling. That is the lie that we constantly play out in our life. And we feel like, oh, we can do everything. Well, we'll solve everything, right? And uh, if I have to really delegate to someone else, teach someone, it'll take me too long. And then it won't do it as good as I am. And that tendency keep replaying in our head. Now I remember getting on the call with my boss at the time and he said to me, Sabrina, you're just telling me this now? Oh, that felt a true stabbing heart. And that's also the first time I realized no matter how much we're doing, we're going to be treated as numbers because everyone is working really what? For the false belief, you have a bigger purpose and you're forgetting how much you're draining your own energy, time, and sanity. So I had to go back to my own research before medicine is neuroscience, public health, kind of the fun part of a human wellness. And I did do research on self-efficacy, self-care, and self-management. And what I found was you actually don't need to have any understanding of what you're focusing on. You just needed to believe that you can do it, that self-efficacy part. And it's also not focused on everything, right? People turn to take on so much on their plate thinking, oh, if I needed to do fitness, then I have to go out, out. If I needed to nutrition, I meal plan everything, right? If I needed to be at work, I'm 110% in. That's so stressful. We actually just need to focus on one good behavior. Everything just naturally come along. And then I also dived deeper into peak performance from coaching, people who work with high-level CEOs, athletes, and expanding into positive psychology. And to be able to create my six-step program, where now I help very ambitious, especially people 
in medicine when they have their own business, how can you not just let fire or roadblocks to take you away from what you truly wanted to achieve and feeling stressed out and gain back at least four hours of freedom and also increase your productivity. So then you can truly have that double win of a powerful career and a passionate life without losing control. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. And and I, um, <laughs> as you were talking about how kind of full on uh, things were, and I'm sure you get this question so much. And I was just thinking of Grey's Anatomy, which I'm a big fan of, and, and how like, you know, particularly as an intern, how full on that was. And you just think of any career where you would want the person that you're going to see to be <laughs> refreshed and well and have slept probably a surgeon is gonna is gonna be the one but the, our, our kind of work life is set up uh, as you said to be so full-on and constantly on the go and having to perform in ways that you know I guess our bodies are just not <laughs> just not designed to do it just it just when you think when you think about it like that you just think it just doesn't make sense does it it's so true and uh, we think we are superman superwomen that's the true lie. And then the biggest thing we talk about in positive psychology is there are 10 different sabotaging tendencies we all have. It's our character. It's not our true self. But because of this character is what? What I call my judge, right? The itty bitty shitty committee of a know-it-all. And that person is always going to tell me, well, you have to put yourself in the higher standard. Otherwise, how are you going to achieve anything in life? And then when we put ourselves in the high standard, guess what? We're putting everybody else in that high standard. And it makes everybody else look at us as like, you're nuts. <laughs> it's tough life. And how are you going to really maintain that? Otherwise, if we can't even call out these things that don't serve us and know how to quickly pivot into our five stage of empowerment, then guess what? No matter how much acolyte, certification, degrees, skills, years experience, you're still going to fall back down to your baseline and you still feel like your emotion is a roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, so much what you've said has really resonated with me. I mean, I'm not in medicine, but I'm someone who often <laughs> is doing a whole load of stuff and really busy in lots of areas. And like you said, having that, oh, I need to do this, the fitness, and I need to do this thing, and I've got to do that thing, and and um, and all of that. And you said about this this one good behavior, and that it can kind of, you know, go on from there. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about that and what that looks like. Great things. I believe in rebooting our mental immunity. So with my six steps, one of the steps is particularly on how are we recognize these saboteurs and quickly call it out, right? Give a name. It's not you, it's that person. So whether you have a controller tendency, you have a stickler tendency to be perfect and rigid, has to be a certain way. You are restless type that you feel like if you're not always on the go, you are not productive, quote unquote, or you're someone who's like avoidance tendency. Well, if I don't talk about it, things will just slide, we'll be fine. And we're the pleaser because we're in the service industry. doesn't matter you in medicine, law, entrepreneurial, and accounting, whatever that is, because we're in the service industry, we have a tendency of what? Make sure that you like us, you like the result, you're, uh, we're actually giving you what you need. Otherwise, we feel like 
hurting our identity as we are and lack of confidence. So all of these interplay, we have to call it out right away and then build positivity. And these building positivity, what I call them a two minute reboot session, right? We are incorporating both the breath to slow down our heart rate, the body posture, right? Tactile where it is because most of us staring at computer all day, right? We're hunch over, neck bend over, awkward positioning, right? Back hurting. And then we're gonna also realizing our prefrontal cortex is the logical side, the processing side, the overthinking side. We have to shut that down to draw back to the midbrain, the more pleasure, the emotion. And how do we do that is by this combination, breath work, body, and a sensory highlighting. And think about smell, right? Like something just triggers that relaxation, the happiness is the one of the fastest way to go back to your brain for cranial nerve or touch. Right? It's, it can be so discreet. If you just concentrate so intensely in the touch of your fingers, rubbing each other, and how smooth, rough, warm, cold, right? It takes you away from all that craziness we're trying to replay in our head. And all this exercise, if we do it consistently, that's how we reset. Not for most people like, Sabrina, I, I know how to take a break. I, I'll go take a bubble bath sometime. I'll get a massage. I'll get on vacation. On weekends, I'll play some tennis. Great. But those are ways to relax, not reset. Reset means what? Your body is a tank. Are you going to allow your tank to completely drink to empty? Then guess how long it would take to fill that up. Instead of if you continue to be in that 80, 70%, every time you reset, you go back to 100%. Boom. Instead of letting it drink completely, then when you go home, then our tendency is, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just going to crash on the couch. And then tomorrow is the same thing yet another day. How are you keeping up with your excitement and devotion to your career and the family and yourself even? Yeah, I, I really like that distinction between the the relaxation and the reset, because like you said, we'll have those things and think, well, yeah, I'm I'm doing it. I'm, I'm you know, I have, yeah. And like a bath is a classic, isn't it? Like have a bath and you know, I find it relaxing, but yeah, not necessarily resetting. Um, as you were mentioning the saboteurs, then I was, some of them you mentioned and restless. I was like, oh yeah, that's me. And then you said avoidance. I was like, oh yeah, that's me. And then you said pleasing. I was like, oh yeah, that's me. Um, is that quite common for us to have more than one of them and maybe a mix of maybe all of them at times? Right. So everyone has a different spectrum. It's when we do these assessments, um, because I know them so well, even just through a conversation, I pick out my clients right away. And then I have them take us a, a very detailed assessment on where they are. And then I ask them, are you surprised by your results? Right. Let's just focus on your top three. Let's not worry about everything because your life can change in different moments. And even you just call out the top three. Oh, that's my judge. Oh, that's my avoidance tendency. That's not me. I recognize now, right? The quicker you recognize that, the quicker we can do something to get ourselves out. The worrying, the sabotaging part of us is because we don't recognize it. We continue to stuck at that. We're overthinking. We replay in our brain on, oh, I could have said something differently. What if that have happened, right? You can't control the past. And now our excuse is, well, I was just trying to figure out how do I not happen again? 
come on. Like every situation is either a gift and opportunity, you know, how your future, the better way or some lesson that you learned, or you can't change it. Then why bother? Why stress yourself out for something you cannot control, right? So if we only simplify everything is a gift or opportunity or something you just should not be bothered because you cannot change it, then it's simpler, right? And then we can say, okay, now we can pivot into different empowerment state. Someone couldn't help me, right? One of my clients like, oh, I built this new uh, program and with uh, another physician and that person backed out. I have this all planned out for my patients and now I have no support. And I asked her, what can you think differently about that situation, right? And she thought, I guess I already have it. I can figure out how to put it out there. Like, exactly. How about you activate your innovative start, right? You create this. You already been the innovator. So let's take the step further is be more exploratory on how to get your best work to fit the patient's need, right? So this is how we recognize something. Yes, it's, it's not pleasant, but we can, from that situation, actually get to our end goal. Don't lose track the aim that you have. So in my six steps, this one, actually the first thing is redefine your vision and your desire. If we start losing our end goal and just keep focusing on the processy stuff, then it's not pleasantable anymore. And that's why you have to start there. Then the second one I always talk about is once you get clear on what you need to do, how do we keep up that momentum, keep going and not get sidetracked here and there, right? Or like, oh, this is difficult. Let me just hold up on that. And that also go into the third step, which is reboot our immunity, right? Which we talk about so much on the sabotaging tendency. Then once you got that roadblock out of the way from your mentally, most of the time, right? We're the our worst enemy. Then it's about energy. If you don't have the right energy, you can't do anything, right? Who, who's at mostly 10 o'clock at night, like jumping around like an energizing bunny? A very small percent of us, right? Your natural energy cycle, there are three, four types. And if we know our peak performance hour, we need to protect that for our most creative work and knowing how to reset right, within two minutes. So you continue to keep your tank, your battery filled. Now it's about getting things done with less time, right? People always ask me, Serena, just save me more time. I just need more time. <laughs> like, well, if we don't know where you want to go, if you don't know how to keep yourself up, if you don't know how to get rid of your roadblocks, and if you don't know where you energize, why do we even bother talking about strategies on getting you done things faster? You won't do it. So then we really think about how do you create freedom? Is your desire zone, what you're really truly good at and skilled at and love to do, it's going to be different from everybody else. So we needed to really find out both your talent and your passion and not get swayed into the distraction zone, disinterest zone, or the death zone. And then we put you into a focus funnel, then you could quickly decide on what is the most crucial, crucial moment that make the best impact for yourself, for your clients, and for everybody else around you to make that improvement. Lastly, 
we can't do everything ourselves, right? So we have to be able to attract the right talent to us, repel the wrong ones. We have to say no, right? Both from tasks, management, project, and people. And once you have these people in your hand, in your corner, that you can create synergy, you can compound on their knowledge and time, how can you not diminishing them? And then there are six ways that we might become a diminisher. So this is how I process it through. Um, you can become the highly performed person who tap into your full potential, but not spending a whole lot of time doing them. Yeah, thank you for going through this. It's so interesting. And I was just thinking, um, particularly, I can't remember, it, it was a step in the middle, <laughs> um, maybe with Roblox, because I was thinking I've got an assignment to write, and which is fine. Um, but I'm in the like, not that much energy <laughs> for it. And as you were going through them, I was thinking, actually, yeah, I, you know, I'm aware of how much time I've got to do it, which is enough time to do it in. But actually, because I'm all up in my head about it, I'm just like procrastinating. Whereas if I just kind of got really clear on like, right, why am I doing this? Like, I've got to do it. I've done the rest of the course. I've just got to do this last bit. And then shushed those saboteurs and just sat and focused when I've got the right energy. Actually, it would save me that time where I think I'm doing stuff, but I'm not really doing stuff. I'm just thinking about it or putting it off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the other flip side of that is when people say, give me another five minutes. No, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll be with, right with you. Give me another five. Five minutes goes by, barely anything got down. And oh, no, no, just another maybe five and 10. It's because your focus is now there, right? The highest performing people, guess what? On a scale of one to 10, their focus is always at least of an eight. Maybe they'll drop down to a seven, but they are quickly being able to bring up. The people who are mediocre, the five and fours, right? And maybe six, they might get excited about some project, uh, a, a result, they'll go back to a seven or eight, but they cannot sustain there because why? These saboteurs, these roadblocks come up and they got so discouraged and they got stuck and they brought themselves down again, right? Distracted by whatever. And especially the people who are on the lower spectrum, they hardly even get up to an A or a six. And then maybe there's have some kind of dramatic life event will bump them up always to the A or nine. But again, any little tiny thing, it will drop their focus completely down because they just don't have the tools to be able to sustain there. Coding out these sabotaging tendency and separating is now you. It's just something that you created from your past experiences from family, from society, from whatnot, but you thought it's actually true. We haven't had enough of a conversation with ourselves to face the demons. And I guess that for, for lots of people who are kind of in, I guess, like the self-development, you know, field already, they might be like, yeah, I, I kind of know my saboteurs and I'm, it doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> they're able to just recognize them and shush them away. Um, but uh, I also think for lots of people that you said demons there uh, as a word that it's difficult to look at ourselves in that way and to be honest with ourselves that actually we are sabotaging ourselves in some ways and I guess take some kind of responsibility for that. That's a hard thing to do. You're so right. I had to really tell myself 
when I'm so burned out, I come through the stages burnout. And there's three main stages. Female and male are actually different. So stage one, typical the female go through the typical stage one to three, but male goes to stage two, one, then three. So stage one typically is your physical effect. You just always tired. You have brain fog most of the time. You have cough and cold, flu-like symptoms that never really resolves. Well, why? You're never sleeping. You're not resting properly. You're not eating right. You're probably skipping a bunch of meals, right? How are you feeling your body, that vessel? And then the second stage is that mental side. Complaints, cynicism. No one helps me. Oh my goodness. How come I'm doing all this and you can't even hire me for help? I can't be teaching you guys. You're going to mess up anyway. And then the third stage become out of the hell. People start using alcohol, drugs to cope. And some people really develop a significant PTSD, morale injury, and even depression. And suicidal rage shooting up due to burnout. But we're not talking about so much on how to solve the burnout, but most of us actually don't even recognize or don't even care about that part. We care about how do I get to the life that I want to design? that I want to create because I know my value. I just don't even know how to bring that out. And that's why I focus on how can we reset ourselves so we can be in a state to do less and get more done. Then you can truly enjoy your life and not just be dragged by some arbitrary sense of who you are is by your identity of a title of what you do. The doing part is just the means goal, not really the end goal. So be honest. So at that time, I had to be honest, like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, every single organization has their own difficulties. I see that. I see other people in, uh, do that. So even just you switch a job, switch to an organization, creating your own business per se, if you don't have the basic tools, you go to have the same problem repeat over and over again. So what I have to face is I was the one who tossed the rock in the middle of the pond and creating all the ripple effect and letting other people to technically dump all the things on me. I accepted those responsibilities, thinking it will make me someone, will make me seen as responsible, seen as valuable. Instead of saying, I am already valuable. I have to choose to stay in my desire zone, a way of living, my belief system, my value system. And therefore, it's okay to say no. So I want everyone who's listening to know, you have to say no to almost everything. Then you can say, heck yes, to the only thing that truly matters. Yeah, I think that's such an important point that if we're saying yes to something, it means we have to say no to something else and actually being really conscious of what are the things we're saying yes to. And if you're saying yes to a load of stuff that you don't really care about, that you don't enjoy, that's going to drain you, then you can't say yes to the things that you really you really want to. And um, I really liked your point about that, um, that sense of kind of worth and value. And there was something I read recently um, from a philosopher I forget who (laughs) but it was this idea of usefulness and that you know we kind of feel like I have to be useful and it's like that you know if if a tree falls in the forest like and no one's there will they hear it if you're not useful do you suddenly like not exist do you just like you're gone because you've not been useful 
no, you still exist, even if you are not useful to anyone at all ever, because that's not what makes you human. That's not what makes you be. Yeah, exactly. How do we define being useful? Right. I can be useful because I'm alive. Um, does that mean I'm useful only because I have to make some kind of impact for my society? Or I can just be useful because I play my part in my community. I play my part in my family, right? Role doesn't have to be defined by what other people see you as someone that's doing this particular job, particular solver of this problem. You have to know what you're really good at to solve what type of problem you can provide. And sometimes that's the tough part is, well, I can do everything. I know this field, but then it becomes so broad that you're not unique at all. And then it becomes, if I can do everything, who do you actually want to work with? Everyone has a different personality, different type of age group has a different morale. If we just let everyone come into our door, first of all, we're one person. We can't help everyone. Second, they will rob your precious sanity. Don't forget sanity. Many people will consider input for anything is, yeah, time, money, energy, right? Some people even forget energy. Now I say you have to really consider your intrinsic value and sanity as well. If we lose who we are, does that align with who I am? Okay, great. It does. But is that the people that I want to help with so they don't rob my sanity? And if those things are not there, guess what? It still is a distraction. It's not true desire zone. Yeah, I was thinking as you were saying that, you know, that having lots of things that you're you're good at and, and you know, that kind of thing. And I was thinking about this idea of like purpose or passion and that, you know, some people talk about and that, I, I've sometimes gone down a bit of a rabbit hole. You think like, oh, I can do this thing. Like, I'm quite good at that. I know stuff about it. I can help people with it. And then you can start. And then you're like, this isn't, <laughs> it's not like I can do it. I enjoy it a reasonable amount, but it's not the thing that really excites me. And I guess it's maybe just because you can doesn't, <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean you should. You exactly. Know? So for my client, um, one of my clients, he is, um, owner of a chiropractic um, practice. He has 20 different uh, practitioners, 60 people under uh, his team. I really wanted to expand into that 100 people staff, right? The more he can educate these doctors and uh, empower them as they graduate, they can have their own practice, right? Treating your patient the way you want it to be treated. Amazing goal. Then this stuff he got into what we found out is he keep living in the disinterest zone or the dead zone. Okay, so what does that mean for those? So desired zone means something you really, really just love to do. It just in your nature is just a flow. And you have the skills to do that. Because if you have the skills, it's second nature. It doesn't take you that long and you just down them. And then you're like, hey, good, pie on my back, right? Disinterest means you have the skill. You feel like, hey, it's easy, but you don't like it. Like most people, what my client did is like, he will make these giant Excel spreadsheet tracking out the money in and out instead of hiring an accounting manager. And when we talk about it, he's like, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm like, how often 
how long are you going to set yourself up to hire that person? Let's give yourself a deadline. Without a deadline, we also don't do anything, right? And so he told me, okay, two weeks. All right, let's put a date on the calendar that become non-negotiable. So doing those two weeks, what we can do is start contacting different people, companies to fill that position, right? So then it become easier. It's no longer just like this big problem. It's these smaller steps, we can solve it. And same thing. So what does that mean to be in the distraction zone? What you just said, well, it seems like I'm kind of like it, right? I might, I might be okay, good at it. I don't know. But it's not something I really, really drawn to it, right? So you, you don't have the skill. So what we tend to think we can solve everything. Therefore, I'm going to take a lot of time to solve it to study about it, to learn about it. And then once all those hours have passed, you still couldn't deliver the high quality result as compared to hire someone or ask someone for help. All right, so that's why it's become a distraction. Or the other thing is many people who are speakers, writers, um, and collaborators, they start collaborating, doing different projects, not for the right people, not for the people they truly want to serve. So they feel like, oh, it's still same purpose, but not the right crowd. So if you're not truly serving the people that you need to, are you really using your time wisely? Then so what's the dead zone? You don't love it. You don't have the skill to do it. You just do it because you feel like there's a lack of resource. So if we constantly feel the lack state, right? We already put ourselves into the negative state. We have research done that any one negative thought or experience takes at least three to replace them. So if we, if we constantly get into this lacking state, this negative state, how are you ever get yourself to those positive state where you can actually perform higher, you enjoy your life more, and then you can keep going? Yeah, thank you so much. As you were talking about that, I was thinking of examples for, <laughs> for all of them when I've been in those zones. Um, and actually, what's quite nice is I feel like at the moment, I'm moving into more of that desire zone of things that just feel um, that... I really enjoy them. It, it feels like a, you know, the right people to be working with and it comes naturally. It's kind of enjoyable and, and all of that. So that's very affirming <laughs> to kind of feel like, whoo, finally on the, on the right track. Um, Sabrina, this is all so interesting. Um, I'd love to know if you've got a final thought before I ask you my set questions. Yeah. So I definitely want to go back to what I mentioned earlier during the session, we really have to say no to almost everything. So then you can say heck yes to the only things that truly light you up in life. And for anybody who love to have an open conversation, zero pressure call with me, I do give three free consultation per week. Um, most people think my sessions are like a counseling session, but with very specific goals at the end that you are uh, doable and very manageable. So I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody who are uh, in the right place that you know you just needed to do something and instead of just letting the excuse of I need more time to hold you back. And you can feel free to go to sabrinarombach.com forward slash blueprint. Let's see if we can create that blueprint for you. And on the website, you can also see a, a quick uh, Fox News segment that I did on how come the new average age of burned out is 32 years old. Wow, that's really young. I'm also thinking, oh, I'm I'm 33. I'm, woo, I'm fast. 
<laughs> Yay, made it past that point. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And um, we'll come back at the end uh, to remind people uh, of your website details so they can find you on there. Uh, but I'd love to uh, hear your answers to my set questions that I ask everyone that comes on. Yeah, and so the first one is what brings you joy in your life? The simplest way is playing with my golden doodle. So she's almost five years old. I had her since she was four months and I trained her to be a service dog so she can actually detect anxiety. And what she does is if, she, if anybody should start panting, palpitation, or even just crying that emotional state, she'll go to you, sit on your feet until you pay attention to her. And then because that's what we also talked about earlier on, right? We refocus into a more of relaxing the emotional side of us. That's this cute little thing. And instead of thinking about the problem, so we, we are able to reset ourselves. Awesome. Awesome. I am. Um, I have a dog. He's a little grumpy old man. And I love the idea of having a service dog. He has not got the right temperament for it because <laughs> it's like on his schedule. No one else. <laughs> no one else's. But that's awesome. Uh, so my second question is what makes life meaningful for you? I think what I'm doing right now, it is um, I'm able to still operate in heart and lung surgery. I still love being in operating room, helping my staff. It's a whole team based and it's not just us um, providing the procedure, but also I'm able to expanding, become this a keynote speaker for medical conferences, entrepreneurial events, and became a best selling author for women empowerment, for people specifically women of color who need to create your own path, not anybody else's path, and also become the consultant to see that we all deserve to have the double win in life. And we all deserve to enjoy and love everything that we do. So let's do it. Let's give ourselves some basic tool. It's not that hard. We just need to have the uh, right strategy to get our mind into the right place. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, my next two questions are around our overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental wellness. So the first question is, what does mental wellness mean to you? I believe mental wellness is a fitness overall. We should not think that fitness is only a body physique and nutrition. And it's also the same concept of it's a daily practice. Our personality does not define us. It's just our tendency. We have the power, no matter how young, old, and gender culture background, to change the way that we see things. We can change the attitude, change our belief system in a way, and to really blossoming from whatever difficulty and whatever joy that you can create. Awesome. And then my follow-up is always for yourself how you look after your mental well-being so yeah how you create that for yourself how you blossom <laughs> i love to practice my pqs the positive quotients and something that i train my clients as well and uh, with my uh, coach from stanford we actually have an app because we know sometimes you tell yourself you do a three times a day is non-negotiable, but where do we do it? So I practice these little quick resets uh, through my app. It gave me a little alert. I do very regimentally every week. I have my massage. I have my bath time. Yes, those are my relaxation time. Yes, healing. And regularly I have set for chiropractor acupuncture. I, I make them non-negotiable because I know I need to reset time and the healing time. 
And then I can enjoy to be able to be present 100%. If I'm with my friends, with my family, with uh, whoever I'm seeing, I'm 100% with them. Phones off, even though I might have a lot long list of things to do, they can be done later. Because if we can't even just enjoy the moment right now, then what's life? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> such an important point, isn't it? You know, what? what's the point if we're not going to make the most of it? Yeah. Uh, so my next question is sometimes a challenge for people. How would you describe your own mindset? Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I, if we play into more of the personality type, I'm very much of Aries. Um, the bold, the confident, the no matter what happens, I'll figure it out type. But I also know that I'm try not to be the one who want to jump in to solve everything because that can be a accidental diminisher. Everyone has to learn their lesson. We have to just be the support system with open arms. If you need me, I'm here. And also know our place of not everyone deserves our time, our energy to support them. So be able to see that our circle of friends should be able to inspire us, light us up, bring joy. And if they're not doing that, guess what? You don't have a circle, you have a cage. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because you hear like, you know, people talk about like toxic friends and that idea of people that if they, you spend time with it, it brings you down. But yeah, it's so interesting to think of it like a cage. Cool. <laughs> so my next question is uh, one of my favorite ones to ask uh, because we really like to leave people with practical ideas of things that they can try out for themselves that could have um, a massive impact. And obviously we know that everyone's unique and they're not going to work for everyone. But do you have a top one to three tips that you'd recommend for us? Yes. So I would recommend everyone to consider to do these two minute resets exercise. Uh, feel free to uh, go to my website, sabrinarombach.com. You can download them. And um, the one that you can download is actually a visual exercise because we're staring at a computer all the time, right? Your eyes got so tired. So I actually walk you through a quick reset to help your eyes to even get brighter. Use different reading, um, pressure points that plus um, what we talk about on um, the brain and notifying our body and then highlighting our sensory. And you wanted to do that really, I attach to something I'm already existing doing, right? First thing I get out of bed, I am doing my stretches, I'm gonna do that. So I can kick my day off on the right note. And after lunch, usually that's the time we start getting more tired, right? Do a little reset. And before I end my day from work, to home and friends, I want to do a reset because we shouldn't be taking any burden from our professional world back to home. Yes, I understand our family, our friends are there to support us as well, but why transfer those negativity, that burden to them? They can sense it as well, right? And when you do it repetitively, then actually we just seem like a complainer. <laughs> so don't add negativity, but positivity. How do you bring joy? So that's like key component. And then you can think about what I mentioned. What does that truly mean to live in your desire zone? And then if you wanted to learn how to still be able to accomplish things you have to do, but you don't love to do, feel free to jump on a call with me and we can get through some of the strategies with you. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much for this. And then my next question, because we, um, I love to read. You can't see all my books, but those books by me. Uh, so I'm asking guests that, that come on if they have a recommendation of a book or a TED talk or something that's been really impactful uh, in your life that you would recommend that we check out. There's so many books and I love to read. I go through at least one book a, a week. <laughs> so one of the book, if we talk about today's uh, topic, since we talk about so much about saboteur, is uh, my coach's book, um, Positive Intelligence um, by Shaza Chapman. So that book really breaks down that what does it mean to have this master of judge? That how come I'm, we are constantly wearing this burden on our shoulders? And um, why is this causing us to have these emotional roller coaster? And what are other nine subcategory of saboteurs? So then you can identify. And it's not just so much on like learning specifically these tendency, but simply just calling them out, knowing it's not our true nature. It's just this persona is yabbing, yabbing at us, right? Chiming at us. So if we just call it out right away, the more delayed we are able to call it out, then the more stuck we're getting in that situation, the quicker we can call it out because then it's like, oh, this is my avoidance tendency doing. Okay, what do I need to do and get into those empowerment state so I can get somewhere and not feeling like this is terrible situation, right? So that's a great book if anybody wanna check out Positive Intelligence. Brilliant, thank you so much. I'm making a list of all these, <laughs> all the books that people are recommending. Um, and that brings us to our final question, which is where people can connect with you. I know you've mentioned your website, if you can remind us. And you also mentioned your book, if you can tell us about that as well, that'd be awesome. Thanks. So I published a book with uh, 17 other Asian women called Asian Women Who Boss Up. You can grab a book uh, at sabrinarumbach.com forward slash boss up and I actually have three bonuses uh, with uh, that autographed copy of hard copy book and uh, for anybody who would love to connect with me you can find more information on my website sabrinaroundback.com and uh, for those who wanted to have a chat and to see if I can add any value to you or not go to sabrinaroundback.com forward slash blueprint so let's find out this blueprint for you, for you to live that life full of joy and perform at your high level, yet spending less time with it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sabrina, for, for joining us and for everything that you've shared. It's definitely been, yeah, so much and so much that's really resonated with me about how it is for my time. And uh, I'm going to be going back to my assignment later, like really kind of thinking about making the most of my time and uh, yeah. But yeah, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And definitely uh, thanks, Hannah, for hosting this um, podcast. So thanks again to Sabrina. And when we were talking about friendship and those kind of circles of friends, I was really thinking about the fact we've just had International Friendship Day, which was the 30th of July. And I last year released an episode with my, my dear friend Debbie on that day when we were talking about friendship. And I shared a post on social media, you know, lots of little pictures with friends. Um, and so I just reshared that again this year because it's been a funny old year, hasn't it? There's not really been much chance to take lots of pictures with friends. And um, but actually, I do feel really lucky that I have got some lovely memories with friends throughout the course of the year. But also 
just how blessed I feel uh, with the friends I have in my life. And this is something when I when I shared that post on social media on our um, Instagram on uh, Friday. I think when you've experienced trauma, when you have been bullied, um, that has an impact. It, it has a lasting effect on you, and it can be hard to trust just generally but trust that people are there that people care that you are deserving of of that support affection love um, and to really kind of feel it so and I and I often think there's a difference between knowing something and really kind of knowing it kind of embodied knowing like with your whole body like feeling it knowing it in your heart as well as in your head because we can quite often be like oh yeah I know it's like logically I know I have friends and I've known that I have friends for years but it can be hard to really know it, to really feel it. And at the moment, and I think partly with the wedding and how awesome my friends were in the run up to that and, and celebrating with us, but just generally more and more lately, really feeling blessed to have my amazing, I say circle of friends, but it's a couple of little circles and then just, you know, cause you, you pick up people from kind of all over, um, but really blessed to have those people in my life and to actually be able to feel loved, which is um, a really, what I'd, I would love to say really normal feeling but I think for a lot of us it it really isn't um because with so many knocks through life that it can be hard to really feel it or we you know as a child maybe didn't feel it or we had trauma or something that impacted our ability to feel it but um yeah I feel I feel really blessed and that's a word that probably before I've been like, oh whatever <laughs> but uh, you know I can't really think of a better word and how amazing it is to feel loved um, and it does feel a bit awkward actually to acknowledge that but I just think it would be a lovely place if we could all feel it say it acknowledge it without it feeling a bit ugh, <laughs> a bit weird but I think it's um one of the the lovely things I think about this show and about reflecting on things is kind of checking in and seeing how the way I view things or experience things has changed as I've been on my own kind of mental health journey and improving my mental health and how things that that felt hard or felt just not possible before just not felt um how I feel them now and experience them now and um yeah and I and I think that's it's very validating I guess of the, of the work that I've been doing and hopefully sharing some of that with you so wherever you are at at the moment with your own well-being your own way of viewing yourself and, and feeling about yourself um yeah I, just, I hope you're doing okay and that uh if you're not doing the best at the moment just to you know believe have faith hope trust that things can get better that by talking about things by reaching out for support by giving yourself some grace when things are tough but also really wanting to change and and doing things that Sometimes you might not be in the mood for, you might not be feeling, but are possibly going to move you towards feeling better. Um, I just, yeah, hope you're doing okay. And that you're kind to yourself as always. We always come back to that because I think it is so important and something that often we forget about <laughs> with, um, with ourselves. But as I said, massive thank you to Sabrina for joining us today. We'll be joined by Jeffrey on Wednesday. So I really hope you tune in again for that. Um, until then, please do continue connecting with us on social media at Psyche Coaching, P-S-Y-K-H-E Coaching. Um, and until, until we meet again on Wednesday, 
as always, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.